The apocalyptic themes that we just heard in that gospel passage seem uh, eerily appropriate for the fires that have been uh, ravaging our state. But this morning I actually want to talk about something other than uh, the apocalyptic themes as we approach the end of the liturgical year. And uh, although, you know, we, we're used to hearing some of that, this morning I, I really want to talk about a topic that may be quite uncomfortable for Episcopalians, the Bible. <laughs> as you may know, we are uh, adopting a, a new uh, faith formation program in the Episcopal Church called The Way of Love, and we're spending one month on each of the seven practices in The Way of Love. In the month of November is the, we did turn in October, now we're doing learn. Learn, that spiritual practice for a Jesus-centered life, is to reflect on Scripture each day, especially on Jesus' life and teachings. Now, it's an old joke that Episcopalians don't know their Bible. Uh, my wife tells people, just because I'm the rector's wife, don't expect me to know the Bible or how to operate the stove in the parish hall kitchen. <laughs> and uh, true, true to form, she actually gets a lot more questions about the stove than about the Bible. One of the greatest gifts of our tradition is the book of Common Prayer, and we know and we love our Book of Common Prayer, as we should. We just don't tend to know the Bible as well. I should say that what I'm talking about mostly applies to people like me who are lifelong Episcopalians, not those who really know their Bible and have joined the Episcopal Church uh, from other Christian traditions to get that sense of not just the Bible, but also the fullness of worship uh, and tradition. The reality is that much of the Book of Common Prayer either quotes or is based on the Bible, but we know it in the context of the Book of Common Prayer, not in the context of it being part of the Bible. Unlike other Protestant or evangelical denominations, our Anglican tradition holds up Scripture alongside tradition and reason and experience as legs of the stool for our faith, rather than giving absolute primacy to Scripture. We do proclaim that Scripture contains all things necessary for salvation, but it is one leg of that stool that compromises how we understand and experience God in community. This month, where we focus on the invitation to reflect on Scripture each day, and especially on Jesus' life and teachings, we have one of the more famous collects on this Sunday. Earlier in the service, we heard the opening collect, Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, 
read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Now, despite the many jokes this collect has prompted about eating pages of the Bible to inwardly digest them, this collect is actually a serious invitation to engaging Scripture, to Bible study. Generally, in the Episcopal Church, if you survey people in a congregation about what kind of faith formation programs they want, almost always the number one response is Bible study. If you then try to correlate that to what people actually attend, (laughs) Bible study is one of the lowest. And this is actually very true in church world in general. What people tend to want or what they want their church to offer and what they're actually willing to go to are not the same thing. We did this about 10 years ago at St. John's. We did this whole survey and everyone said they wanted Bible study. So we offered Bible study and like nobody came. (laughs) But they were all satisfied that we were offering Bible study. Yeah, right, like all right. I get my performance raise now, right? I gave you what you wanted. But there's something going on there in that dynamic between us. We want Bible study, but we're somehow hesitant to go to it. I think we're actually doing a lot better at St. John's. For years, our dinner church has been a way of engaging Scripture intentionally. And actually, Ginger is getting some pretty great turnout to uh, the Bible studies that she has started Offering, So I'm really excited about that. But I want to ask, if you currently, currently read the Bible every day, raise your hand. I knew Morgan was going to have a hand up. My hand's not up. I I can't (laughs) claim that I do. If you would like to be reading the Bible every day or more than you currently are, raise your hand. Mm -hmm. How can we fix that? Yeah, right, read the Bible. But how can we invite you into engaging Scripture, into focusing on the life and teachings of Jesus? There are a lot of easy ways to do it, and I'd love to talk with you about that. We may, a lot of people may not know, but if you actually look through the Book of Common Prayer, there's a whole daily office of morning and evening prayer, and there are scripture, lectionary scripture assignments for every day of the year, plus extras for all the saints' days. Even if you just read the gospel passage for each day, you would be doing what this is talking about. I think, you know, it wouldn't be that hard for me to just trade the time I waste looking at Twitter for actually just a minute of reading a gospel passage. So I want to invite all of us to take that seriously. It doesn't have to be the burden that I think we sometimes make it, but also listen to whatever that resistance is within you to actually 
engaging the Scripture to picking it up and reading it. Because the materials for the way of love in the area of learn say this, by reading and reflecting on Scripture, especially the life and teachings of Jesus, we draw near to God and God's Word dwells in us. When we open our minds and hearts to Scripture, we learn to see God's story and God's activity in everyday life. That's why a lot of us are here, right? Like we want to see God active in everyday life. Make that connection. Hear that again. We learn to see God's story and God's activity in everyday life. That's why we study the Bible. Our Holy Scripture is the story of the one God of love. I hate to break it to you, but uh, there isn't the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, right? I mean, how many of you have said, I don't really like the God of the Old Testament? I mean, I've said that, right? It's the same God, right? It's the same God, and it's all the story of God's relationship with creation. It's one God. But there is Jesus, who for us is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, the fulfillment of Hebrew Scriptures. And in Him, we have the new covenant of love. And that's what we encounter in Scripture. Our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, of uh, royal wedding fame, <laughs> likes to say, if it's not about love, it's not about God. If it's not about love, it's not about God. And notice that in the spiritual practice of learn, for the way of love, that we are invited especially to focus on Jesus' life and teaching. This emphasis on Jesus' life and teaching as it's found in Holy Scripture is coming directly from our presiding bishop, Michael Curry. Now, I happened to spend last week with our presiding bishop, Michael Curry. I chair a committee in the wider Episcopal Church called the State of the Church Committee, and for the next three years we will be looking at the adaptive challenges that face the Episcopal Church and what are the most exciting uh, opportunities for innovation and experimentation in the church. And just as an aside, I'm the oldest person on this committee. Half the committee is closer in age to my 21-year-old daughter than to me. You've no idea after 22 years of ordained ministry how exciting it is to be the oldest person on a committee. <laughs> At 50, I'm like, finally. So I'm really excited about the work of this committee. And our committee met with about 10 other committees that do all this important work in the Episcopal Church between our triennial Episcopal, uh, general conventions. And at our opening worship, the presiding 
bishop preached, and that man can preach. If you've heard him, you know he brings the word. I've never heard so many Episcopalians going, Amen, in the middle of a sermon. I was like, this is like a revival, I swear. God's doing something in our church. It's amazing. In his opening sermon, he said, The further we get from the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth, the worse off we are. The further the church gets from the teachings of Jesus, the worse the world becomes. Listen to that. The further the church gets from the teachings of Jesus, the worse the world becomes. And he pointed out that in the Bible, Jesus gets angry. When Jesus gets angry, what Jesus gets angry about is religious hypocrisy and inhumanity. Religious hypocrisy and inhumanity is what makes Jesus angry. So when Christian leaders seek political gain or try to justify inhumane policies, note that they never quote Jesus. They never use one of the parables. They always quote some other part of the Bible. So it's kind of within the Scriptures, but it's kind of away from Jesus. Just listen and notice how that gets done. The presiding bishop then reiterated that the further the church gets away from Jesus, that's when we go wrong. But when we talk about love, we talk about Jesus. When the church talks about love, it's talking about Jesus. And this love is the love that seeks what binds us together rather than what divides us, rather than what rips us apart. We know we're in a social culture right now that's all about highlighting our differences. But we're invited to look at Jesus who calls us into a love that's about connecting us. The entire time the presiding bishop was preaching, there was a big screen behind him. And on the screen was an image from that, not this weekend, but last weekend's Saturday Night Live weekend edition. And it had Pete Davidson, and next to Pete Davidson was Dan Crenshaw, a former Navy SEAL, conservative Republican who had just been elected to the House of Representatives, and he wears an eye patch because he lost his eye to an IED in Afghanistan. And the week previously, um, Pete Davidson had made some jokes about his eye patch, and he got a lot of pushback for it. So he wanted to apologize. So Saturday Night Live actually brought Dan Crenshaw on and had him sitting in the next to Pete Davidson in a chair so Pete Davidson could apologize to him. Now, it's Saturday Night Live, so the first thing they did was had Dan Crenshaw make fun of Pete Davidson, which was pretty good. But then Pete Davidson apologized to him. And it was this moment of them kind of bridging what divided them and coming together. And... Here you have a former Navy SEAL, lost an eye in the war, and you have Pete Davidson, 
whose dad was a firefighter that died in 9-11. And they were able to bridge that divide, even if temporarily. And the presiding bishop was telling the story about how, you know, the conservative Republican from Texas gave the, the funky liberal comedian dude forgiveness. And they reconciled. And it was an image of the kind of love we're called to and the kind of love that we need in our world right now, or always. And that brings us back to the collect for today. Because inwardly digesting the life and teachings of Jesus transforms us. It transforms us when we inwardly digest the teachings of Jesus. It requires us to see that we are called to a radical love. And it resists our efforts to shape Jesus in our own image. And maybe that's why we resist reading the Bible. Because it's pretty comfortable to shape Jesus in your own image. It's pretty... It's pretty great when Jesus just confirms who you are and you don't have to really engage in how Jesus is calling us to transform our lives and love as he loved. That may be why two good friends who are rectors of Episcopal churches are getting some pushback from members of their congregations right now because they talk about Jesus too much. They've both had members of their congregation come to them saying, you're, you know, you're talking about Jesus too much. Like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought this was an Episcopal church. But, <laughs> but think about that, that resistance to, you know, engaging the Bible, really getting into it. So that is why we are called to reflect daily on Scripture and on the life and teachings of Jesus. Because it won't just change you. It will change the 